is the Day Zero Update for June 21st, 2020. I'm Philippe Rodolfo. I'm Patrick Mifflin. I'm Brandon Perkins. I'm Chris Sologi. And I'm Tandra Victoria. And uh, to all the dads out there, uh, happy Father's Day. Uh, almost yep. didn't do a show because we almost didn't have enough people to do a show, but we're here. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, we got some uh, stuff to talk about this week. Uh, it's been kind of a quiet week, uh, I'll say. Just another reason we almost didn't have a show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, we we found some stuff, and well, as it turns out, uh, it was this kind of big deal of a game release that happened this week. So yeah, we'll talk about that uh, later in the discussion topics. So uh, before we get there, uh, let's get into what we've been playing this week. And for me, a lot of the same. So I'll focus more on uh, Mame because I've just kind of been going through some of the stuff in there, and um, Mame is a really wonderful piece of software. I'm just going to point that out there because it is kind of like an archive of video game history, really, because yeah. that's what they're trying to be. Uh, I'm playing some gems in there, like uh, well, it, it still seems criminal to me that we never got a proper home version of Outrunners. Um, yes. That game was phenomenal. It was like one of the real first, you know, true sequels to Outrun, and we never really got it here. Uh, we got that uh, bastardized port by uh, Data East, which was, may or may not have been outsourced developed. Uh, we don't know. Uh, apart from that, uh, well, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, I don't really have, we haven't had a good port of that. Which is uh, a shame because that was a really good, you know, three player beat em up. Uh, what else have I been playing? Oh, yeah. Die Hard Arcade. Yes. Which oh, yeah. is a really good game and, uh, you know, kind of fits along with the Streets of Rage style. Could have actually ended up being uh, <laughs> the Streets of Rage sequel if Sega, you know, yeah. had wanted it. Was to. that game always, like, tied to the Die Hard license or no, was it was, just a Western That was thing? just pretty. That was a Western thing. Um, basically, Dynamite Decca was Die Hard Arcade over here, mm-hmm. ah. and Dynamite Decca Two was called Dynamite Cop. Yeah, ah, yeah. So, yeah, the 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 uh, Die Hard license kind of got added you know, closer to the end, and it was it was really kind of shoehorned in, but they didn't really have to do very much because it just kind of fit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and place. you are going through a skyscraper, much like yeah. Original yeah. film, so yeah, it worked. Yeah, it, it worked. Although, yeah, combat in the original film wasn't quite as elegant as it was in the Die Hard Arcade, but okay. So or as varied. Yeah. <laughs> so I also noticed that a lot of the influence of that game ended up in Streets of Rage Four because it has that whole um, anything that is not nailed down is a weapon mentality. Yeah, pretty much. Well, mm-hmm. you know, it was a good game on that uh, old you know Sega Saturn, oh STV. Like a Titan V hardware. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Uh, also played a little bit of uh, some very obscure Technosoft shooter called uh, Hyper Duel. Uh, oh. Apparently quite rare on the Saturn, but uh, I saw a video about it on YouTube and thought, hey, well, let's see if I have that on the main, and I did. And uh, it's a lot like Thunder Force, but yeah, it's kind of like a cross between Thunder Force and Macross because you, you can your ship can change into a mech and uh, yeah. you know you have directional mm-hmm. shots and it's, it's it's a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, nice. Yeah, if you want to look for a copy of that on uh, for the Sega Saturn, it was kind of a late release, so it didn't get very uh, you know 
wide distribution, so copies of that tend to go for quite a bit. Um, not that I have any intention of ever buying one, because I don't have a Saturn to play it on, so uh, emulation it will be for me. Uh, so there's that. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of it. I really like MAME. I like what they're doing. Um, I wish they kind of put more effort into some of their drivers. Like, uh, the Naomi stuff really doesn't work. Uh, it, it boots, and that's, yeah. you know, it kind of shows images, but it's way slow. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, <laughs> is kind of a bummer, because uh, there are other emulators out there, like Demuel, that can run the, the Naomi stuff just fine. So, uh, it's... It's all that matters. It seems to be like because they're, uh, you know, more focused on the classic stuff. They don't. They tend to just, you know, th- th- their goal is more to just get stuff in there and at least kind of running for preservation. And they're not really too concerned about getting it perfectly playable. Uh, that that can come later. So yeah, but it's a it's a great project. I love it. And uh, if you guys haven't checked out Bane, um, yeah, it's really good. And uh, a full MAME installation with all of the... If you're limiting yourself to an arcade set, is about uh, 65 gigabytes. This is uh, actually less than I would have expected. Yeah, it's, it's pretty big. <laughs> uh, no, wait a minute. Uh, no, it's more than that. Because I'm not... Uh, I'm, I forgot to figure in the CHD files all, uh, for the hard drive images and stuff like that. Uh, which is quite a bit more. Yeah. I was going to say, that seemed like a really low ball total. Uh, my ROM's directory is uh, 568 gigabytes. That's that's a little that's bit more like it. Yeah, that's a bit more than the 68. It's like 500 more. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, also, before I uh, pass on to Pat, I just want to say that uh, Street Fighter 2 hackers are fucking insane. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're, Absolutely out of their mind. There's just some in stupid insanity in there, and it's brilliant and also completely broken. So uh, I blame Marvel. Yeah. So over to you, Pat. Fantasy Star Online Two. Um, I. This is probably the longest my PS4 has ever been uh, shut off because I've been uh, focused on playing games over on the Xbox One, and. This could be the centerpiece of my gaming for quite a while. It, um, I mean, it, it would be hard to review it because the simple text of it would be, it is fucking PSO. But that works really well still, like 20 years later. And I don't know, it's just, it, it's just getting started over here, but. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing where they go with it. And um, it's so fundamentally different from Final Fantasy XIV that the two games really complement each other really well. And, yeah, I've, and I've said this before, but it's free to play without being exploitative. And that's a difficult balance to strike. Hmm. So let's just it. say uh, let's just say you're talking to somebody who's never played PSO and you try and get them interested in it. What's your 30 second elevator pitch on on uh, PSO two? I would probably liken it to um, a Zelda Four Swords type of game, but based on 3D Zelda rather than 2D. Okay, and with um, 
semi-randomized dungeons because the maps are always the same, but the routes that you have to take through them differ, hmm. just like in the first PSO. But again, if we're talking to, talking about um, no pre-existing knowledge, um, then yeah. Um, with PSO2, you've got kind of an infusion of fighting game mechanics in the mix. Um, clearly, there were Guilty Gear players on the team. Um, probably some Third Strike fans because the Katana style actually has a parry, which is fun. Um, because you can parry shit that you absolutely have no business parrying. <laughs> Like stampeding dragons. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, nothing is unblockable in this game. Hmm. But, um, yeah, that that's really the gist of it. It's just a really fun um, kind of dungeon-crawly co-op game that you can play in as small or large doses as you want. And it's a formula that worked back in 2000, and it still works brilliantly today. Yeah. If it ain't broke. Yep. So okay. that's that's the best pitch I can come up with on the on the spot like that. But yeah, I um, it, if you've got a PC that can run it, or if you've got an Xbox One sitting around, you know, it costs you nothing to give it a shot. And yeah, I. It'll probably be on my game of the year list, honestly. Cool. All right. Uh, well, as for me, uh, primarily, at least for the last couple of days, it's been The Last of Us Part Two. But up to that point, I had been, you know, taking advantage of my PS Now subscription. So I had been playing Red Faction Guerrilla, hmm. uh, which is, well, it's Red Faction Guerrilla. It's one of the most cathartic uh, experiences you'll ever have in a game. Hmm. Um, yeah, the, the if you for those who've never played the Red Faction series before, uh, it's a it's a franchise from Volition, um, you know the Saints Row people, and part of the Red Faction's sort of whole appeal is its geo mod system where. In the original games, it allowed you to basically modify the terrain through pure destruction. So, you know, you come across like a locked door, and since the game mostly takes place in an underground mine, you come across a locked door. Uh, you may not be able to find a key, but there is a mole tank nearby that you can use. And <laughs> why, uh, you know, try to unlock a door that you can't unlock when you can just make a new one right next to it? <laughs> yeah. Um. The Red Faction Guerrilla doesn't actually have that particular uh, feature as far as terrain goes, but it does have a modified version when it comes to actual buildings. So you can uh, – basically all the buildings in the game are completely destructible, and they are basically like if your whole point is to bring down a entire building, what you have to do is you have to – uh, find ways to lessen its stability so that it, you know, collapses in on itself. So usually in, uh, in the game that usually involves you taking your sledgehammer and, uh, you know, basically just 
punching holes into the side of the thing until you know its uh, foundations have weakened to the point that it that it collapses in on itself because of its own weight or using something like uh, charges, which are you know just basically uh, remote detonated bombs that you can put on the side and just blow holes and things. It's it's a lot of fun. Hmm. I highly recommend it to anybody who has not played it. Um, and that game was like a PS3 game, and yet it still holds up very well. Hmm. Um, yeah, they remastered yeah. it recently, so... Uh, yeah, that's hmm. the version I'm playing. Hmm. Um, and yeah, uh, the only problem with it is that, well, like I said, part of the point of the game is trying to, you know, take down buildings, but on the flip side, if you're too close, well, you take damage. Well, you yeah. know, because the whole building is collapsing in on you and that kills people. So it tends to, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's what I've been playing. So, Chris, what about you? Uh, yeah. So, besides uh, the Last of Us Part Two, I uh, streamed on Thursday Box Boy plus Box Girl because uh, that was part of the recent sales that Nintendo had on their Switch uh, eShop, and uh, that game holds up uh, pretty well. It's largely there's a lot of uh, stages from the 3DS games, um, and I've been uh, played through like a lot of the early stuff there. So kind of getting the uh, the tutorial uh, introductions for the the various mechanics in it, and uh, so yeah, not too hard. Just trying to uh, you're generally trying to get through the stages uh, as efficiently as you can. Uh, with your character who kind of sprouts boxes out at uh, uh, at one of the four cardinal directions uh, once you start sprouting them out so they can be used. Early on, it's just like step stones to get across gaps or over uh, up to higher ground, that kind of stuff. Uh, but then you eventually get to the point where you can use them as like grappling hooks to get up higher uh, or... Like a, a snake teleportation kind of uh, mechanic through uh, tighter corridors that you can't necessarily get through uh, easily yourself, and it's a lot of really inventive mechanics to take something that's fairly simple early on to something that's a bit more uh, uh, intensive as far as like having to figure things out. And uh, I think one of the the last worlds I took on in that stream was one where they essentially have these areas full of dirt. Uh, which uh, act as which you can use your blocks to like break up, uh, but you have to be careful because you cannot use them to uh, pull up onto in the way that like solid ground is. So you have to be kind of thinking ahead, like okay, I need to clear out these spaces so that I can get up to you know have enough room to get to this next area, that kind of stuff. So you're kind of doing a lot of moves to free yourself up for future moves. A lot of thinking ahead with that stuff, and that's, that works really well. Uh, they also have a two-player mode that uh, kind of changes the levels a little bit, but it's largely all the same stuff. Uh, it just changes them slightly so that you need uh, two characters and potentially like two sets of boxes to get through some of these areas. Uh, they let you play that solo or with a second person, so you can have like added challenge uh, by yourself or you know play with somebody else and kind of work together for that. Uh, and that all works works well. 
And they just have a lot of custom, uh, cosmetics that you get, uh, cause for beating each of the stages and getting, uh, under these certain tiers of, uh, boxes used, you get currency, two different currencies. You can use that to buy up some bonuses or buy up, uh, cosmetics, which you do in like a, a gotcha machine. So it kind of doles them out a little bit slowly, but, uh, it works out pretty well for the most part is you get these like silly cosmetics to dress up, uh, both box boy and box girl. And, uh, yeah, that, uh, also been playing rocket League some more, uh, working on the, uh, the missions that, uh, they put out the past couple weeks here and getting into a pretty good groove there as far as, um, winning a bit more than I have been of late. So, uh, that's been good. And, uh, I played some persona Four golden on the, on the PC on steam and managed to get past, uh, at least most of the issues I've had. Uh, so initially I had an issue where it uh, was just displaying the wrong uh, button prompts, uh, where it was just displaying like these generic PC button prompts, not even like Xbox-specific ones. And despite using a DualShock 4, I had to go and turn off some Steam input uh, options in the big picture mode. Uh, that got that working. And then the other one was that the, there was no, uh, audio or background music, like voice audio or background music. So when I go to set up, you know, to autoplay, uh, as it goes through like the intro and all that, it just goes right all through the story. Uh, it took me a while to, uh, figure out that it didn't like not being on my C drive. <laughs> I don't know if it was, there was a folder on there that had nothing in it. So I don't know if the game was somehow like trying to draw that audio from that folder, but it was still playing like cutscenes in the rest of the game just fine. It was just that audio just wasn't there and it was like freaking out. So I had to move it all to the C drive and it started working correctly. Uh, so I'm still fairly early in that, uh, beat Yosuke's boss. Uh, an easy one though, but. Uh, basically about to the point where it's going to start uh, getting into the main meat of the game, where it's just being a lot of story story stuff there. But uh, that's been pretty much it. How about you, Dan Reb? Yeah, so uh, last week I was uh, at a bind because I, I didn't really know what to play. I just wanted to make sure I was ready for The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, that said, on Monday I went ahead and popped in uh, the original Last of Us. Um, and I knew I had The Last of Us remastered, but I never. Uh, I only remember remember playing it to uh, get some footage for Left Behind because we had to. We featured it in one of our videos, and then when I went to my shelves, I was like, "Oh, I have The Last of Us remastered, but it's unopened." I, I guess I played the PS3 version or whatever, and, and then I was like, uh, "It's not the PlayStation hit, so I'm not going to open it because we had The Last of Us for free in October last year." So I went ahead and downloaded that, played through that, and I, I, I beat it in about three days. And considering, you know, it's already an experience I already had, um, I wasn't, like, shocked about anything that happened. But uh, it's definitely really cool to experience a second time. And after that, like, I knew I was ready because, like, the main reason why I wanted to play it was so I can get a, a handle on, on the controls again. Uh, because after watching some preview content, I was scared that um, I'd suck in the gameplay. But we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, I also picked up Ring Fit Adventure. Um, oh. A lot of the sites have uh, have uh, restocked, so Best Buy, Amazon, GameStop have all seen restocks, but as soon as Wario64 or TFAS Gamer posts about it, it becomes sold out within within five minutes. 
Um, luckily, I was able to uh, grab a couple off Best Buy. And the only reason why I bought two was because I added it to the cart and uh, nothing happened. And then I added it to the cart again, nothing happened. So I chose immediate checkout. And when it checked out, it charged me for two. So I was like, okay, cool. I told my friends. It turns out one of them was interested. So I had I went ahead and got rid of it uh, immediately. So I didn't lose any money there. And that's cool. I could have resold it, but, you know, I'm not that kind of person for, like, I'll sell games, but I don't, like, flip them immediately. Uh, normally, I'll, like, sell like collector's edition, like, a few years down the line. Uh, but that's about it there. And um, so when I played it, um, I'll tell you that the... Uh, the actual the Rincon is a really uh, nicely designed product. Um, it has a lot of uh, resistance, so in the game you'll actually be pulling on it to perform certain tasks or pushing on it, squeezing on it, and it, it feels really durable. Um, I have no qualms with the uh, with the um, ring at all, except that um, the two handles are made out of some sort of foam or uh, and I think you can watch it but like considering you're going to sweat a lot when you play this game um, it's probably going to smell after a while so there's that but anyway the the, the main reason why I bought it aside from the fact that um, it's rare now and um, I have, I'll have no access to the gyms until God knows when um, is the fact that in the last Nintendo Direct which was actually a long time ago um, they announced DLC uh for like a rhythmic media video game or rhythmic uh, mini games, and um, I'm a sucker for that stuff. Like uh, they, they they just announced a, a Kingdom Hearts rhythm game like earlier this week, and I'm like I don't care about Kingdom Hearts, but I want to play that game. So with this, uh, basically it gives you some songs to play with, and a couple of the songs they include include the uh, um, Breath of the Wild medley and Jump Up Superstar from Mario Odyssey, and it's been a whole it's been a blast, a blast playing those. Um, and then I got into the regular RPG mode, which is actually um, pretty cool. Um, it's, it's super positive. Everything you do is physical. Um, so you run in place in order to uh, get through a level. Uh, all the levels are on, are on rails, so there isn't really any exploration aspect. Um, and then when you get into a random battle, um, you go ahead and perform certain exercises to attack your enemies. So one of them is the squat. Another one is the uh, overhead shoulder press. And then another one is uh, basically you um, sit down and try to bring your legs in. I think I think it's a knee press or leg press or whatever. And it's it's all really intuitive. Um, it tracks your form using the uh, the gyroscope in the in the in the um, sorry I lost my words in the Joy Cons. And yeah, it's it's just really impressive. So this is probably the best thing I've seen the Joy Cons actually used for. And um, I've only played it for about two days, and the second day I only played it for about 15 minutes as opposed to the hour the previous day, and I was more tired just off of bumping it up one difficulty setting. Mm-hmm. So on days where I don't run, I'll go ahead and play Ring Fit, and you know, um, I doubt I'll see anything as far as like you know, uh, weight loss changes, but as far as like um, making my form better doing certain workouts or um, tiring various parts of my body that I don't usually typically use in a typical day, uh, it definitely gets the job done there. So, yeah, Ring Fit's actually really, really good, and I look forward to playing it some more. Um, and then lastly, there's been Animal Crossing, and that's been just daily stuff. Nothing new to report there. Hmm. That's about it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so uh, we'll get into uh, The Last of Us Part 2, which is, well, it came out uh, this week. It was probably one of the most contentious releases that I've seen in a good while. 
Yeah. Um, you've, the opinions of it seem quite varied. Some people think it's the best game ever. Some people think uh, it's just too much. Um, so let's let's start with what is probably the least contentious uh, thing about the game, and that's probably the gameplay. Um, yeah. Has it actually improved since the original? Uh, I certainly think it has. The combat yeah. in particular is not quite as precarious as yeah. the first one. Yeah, having just played through The Last of Us, like my major uh, kind of criticisms were that the the stealth, uh, being able to sort of deal with clickers and runners and all that uh, while being stealthy uh, was unwieldy at times, especially as you're in cover and like watching them kind of go around corners to the point where you should be able to grab them, but the prompt kind of doesn't always show up in the way that you kind of expect. Because uh, it's kind of really picky with the way it does certain things. And melee can also be uh, a big issue because you don't always lock on to dudes the way you expect uh, with that. So there's tons of times where a dude was coming up to me with a weapon. It's like, all right, I'll hit him with mine first. And then we're both swinging miss each other uh, a couple times before I finally get the right angle that they lock on. That kind of thing, and so far from what I've played a few hours in, uh, that is much better. The the stealth, especially, uh, they've done a much better job of uh, kind of uh, making it feel like you have uh, it's more lenient to it. But I think that's also probably uh, through helping with the all the uh, accessibility options, kind of being a little bit more forgiving for things without necessarily trying to be like a hardcore stealth game in a way. So. Uh, and the guns stuff, uh, well, there hasn't been too much so far for me. Uh, it definitely works pretty well, and they uh, they do a good job with that stuff so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, part of what makes the combat uh, a whole lot better to me this time around is in its um, stealth. With the original game, um, well, for, first of all, uh, both games do a fantastic job with sound design. Naughty Dog deserves a total round of applause for that. Um, but the main thing was my complaint with the first game was because you have, when you're Joel and you have Ellie around, um, a big emphasis is put on sound. And um, in order to like really sneak up on enemies, especially the uh, the clickers and stuff, is you know you can go ahead and sneak up in front of them, and then you can go ahead and like do a stealth kill from there. Um, and in the first game. Ellie is running around a lot and like yelling mm-hmm. fuck and all that stuff. And I'm like, how did the clickers not hear you? You should, you should be dead. Um, it would it result in a much harder game, but th- that, that just didn't feel that realistic in, in, in that regard. Um, and the second one, they they shut up a bit. Um, there's, there's an emphasis on melee strikes just because, you know, it's an action survival game and there aren't a whole lot of resources to go around. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, the enemies will surround you and they're better at that. But mm-hmm. also... Your partners will also tell you, hey, on your right, you're being flanked, and that sort of stuff. And that really, really helps, um, especially if you're not playing with headphones and you, you, you can't deal with where um, enemies are actually at. Um, it definitely helps in that regard. Um, my, I guess the, the main thing, I don't know, even know if it's really a complaint, because it might be an actual realization of this, of this design, is it feels a whole lot easier than the original game, as far as like actual combat goes. Um, I went into the game... Uh, being, or I don't even know if, if, if you've gotten this far, but eventually um, you'll come across dogs, and mm-hmm. dogs can um, track you with, 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 with scent. And yeah, that scared me because uh, most of the time when I play these games, I'm, I'm just hiding um, and hoping that the enemies come to me and they die that way. 
Um, the dogs will smell you and they'll find you and then they'll kill you from there if you let them. Uh, so, you know, my strategy there has been like killing the dog and that's actually been really, really easy. The hard part is actually watching Ellie or whoever you use actually kill the dog. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's crying now. Oh, okay. Yeah, Ellie is yeah, very, very like physical that. with her kills, especially oh. when you get behind runners or clickers or whatever. And she's like strangling them and then like slitting their throats as she's, you know, laying them on the ground. It's like, Jesus Christ. Because if you played The Last of Us, uh, being a 14-year-old girl, she's very much like jumping on their shoulders and like stabbing them a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, making lots of noise so that you kind of out yourself, usually even if you're trying to be stealthy in the, the first game. Yep. Uh, she very much has her her skills down here. Uh, and at least so far, I've, uh, I'm kind of happy there's no Shiv because she just has her magic... Uh, uh, Knife, yeah, a pocket knife that never seems mm. to break or anything. Uh, and you can use that as melee if you don't have a specific melee weapon. Yep. Uh, but it's generally not the greatest, and you have like a dodge move that uh, is definitely welcome uh, mm-hmm. when when enemies are lunging at you. That kind of stuff. Yeah, that dodge move is great. Yeah, you can dodge around and kind of get some some hits in. And yeah, I really like when you're with like Dina uh, and you run a pot. Uh, like two clickers or runners or whatever, and uh, you kind of do the I'll take this one, you take that one with her. Uh, so she's yeah. much more useful than Ellie generally was in the first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, later on, she got much more useful. As you got a gun and all that. Uh, and yeah, so that, that stuff kind of definitely helps uh, make a big improvement mm-hmm. on just the way that combat feels and flows and the way you have the ability to kind of... Uh, view a situation before you jump in. And I also like the the way they've improved the uh, listen mode, where mm-hmm. the original, they just showed you outlines of everything, so you knew right away, okay, there's two clickers here, there's like three runners, and maybe one of those Goliaths. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here, they're just white blobs. So you kind of have to specifically like go look around and say, like, okay, that's a clicker. Uh, and as they get closer to you, it's a, it's a more defined shape, but it's not mm-hmm. like a, a, a specific shape. Uh, so you know, like, okay, there's some faint ones here. Those ones I don't have, probably don't have to worry about it, but kind of definitely need to get around. And they also have the, if you're like taking out uh, a clicker and like one, like a runner's like walking around, uh, you kind of get this little, not really meter, but it can be a meter if it's, if you're being too sloppy with your stealth and shows them like, oh, this one's seeing you. Uh, you know, you're hoping it hurries up so you can kind of get back into cover, that kind of stuff where, like in the grocery store uh, on the stream, I had already done gone through this scenario in the grocery store, but I took out one of these enemies and I was just like, oh, I'm going to wait for this runner to stumble around here and then was like screwing around too much and was just standing there as it was looking at me and got everything on me at once because I wasn't just mm-hmm. paying attention too much on that stuff. But I assume with the accessibility, you can kind of turn all that stuff off if you want to be more... Uh, Intuitive kind of stealth uh, uh, HUD stuff, but yeah, it's the stealth stuff definitely works really well with this game. Yeah, um, yeah. and I, I really like that grocery store section because it shows that the way they've improved on a number of the mechanics, uh, especially like the the safes. Whereas mm-hmm. in original, you just had like, okay, there's a safe, so there's a piece of paper somewhere that has a code on it. Yeah. Uh, and you just went and go find that. And it's this one here, it's like, 
Uh, it's a message from one person to the other. It's, uh, actually not listing a code. Mm. I'm saying like, uh, okay, so the code is, uh, when you're a good boy, one uh, employee of the month. And you're like, what the fuck is this mean? I like, it's an office. So you gotta look around. So like, what employee of the month? Okay. And you find the board and you're like, okay, good boy. Uh, there's some boys on here. You know, it's, oh, there's one of these months as a dog. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm guessing this is the good boy. Mm-hmm. You have to go ahead and enter in the code. You luckily, you don't have to, like, spin uh, spin the, the thing. You just have to enter in the code. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I just got through the, the Seattle gate where you got to, if you are looking around enough, you find a piece of paper that has, like, here's all the codes uh, for the gates, the various gates. It's like, oh, that's, this is pet poor security. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for you, you have to enter in the code there. Uh, to get through that, and it's like, all right, this this stuff's like more more adventurey than like the original was. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of yeah, just, lot of... Here's the opening to the next area. I have to just go through there. Maybe I have to find a fen- uh, a ladder or a a thing to push around. Uh, that kind of yeah. stuff. But this time around, it's a little bit more adventurey, more more encouraging of exploration and all that oh. kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, that's that. That's really what uh, drives the uh, gameplay for me and keeping me motivated to play is uh, its focus on exploration. Like, yeah. um, you know, um, Naughty Dog does a good job at, like, faking openness when it comes to exploration because they pretty much have a golden path of what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same it's, it's, it's the same case with The Last of Us, the original and and the second, but uh, there's, there's a specific part in the game where it's specifically an open map and you can pretty much go wherever you want. Yeah. But yeah, to, to go back to what Chris talked about in regards to the safes, um, one of the cool things is that sometimes you don't even need to, uh, or yeah, you don't even need to look for the artifacts to find out what the uh, codes are in certain in certain ways to open them. If, if you actually know the code, you can go ahead and open them. Of course, yeah, you can you you can do a guide. But like, there was one point in the game where um, I ended up in this um, business gym, and it says, "Oh, the Wi-Fi code is these six numbers," and it was written out, and I was like, "You know what? I bet that's a safe number." And then it turned out that it was, and I was like, "Yeah, this this is some this is some really clever stuff." And then, like you know, in, uh, in these safes are pretty awesome resources that you can use and uh, things like that. But yeah. uh, also, like um, going back to uh, the argument about the game being a little bit easier um, is the fact that you know it, it's a survival horror game. You're pretty much going to deplete your resources. Mm-hmm. But with The Last of Us Two, especially coming off the first one, I felt like you know I'm I'm knowledgeable enough to go ahead and craft whatever I need when I need it. And that's always mm-hmm. been the case. Like there, I've, there, I've, I've only had like two or three cases within the last 25 hours playing the game where I ran out of ammo, ammo and I felt like I was fucked. And um, I spent most of the time in boss battles running around pressing triangle in order to grab stuff in order to uh, get things out of the way. And when I, once I actually like uh, killed whoever I had to kill, I was like, wow, that was actually really rewarding. So, um, you know, it, 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 it just based on your preparedness, like I'm really impressed with uh, how well that went. Um, and yeah, yeah, they do a good job with the the crafting and the the unlock systems here. Where uh, kind of in the original, I played through it kind of mostly maxed out on my uh, various materials because I didn't use the explosive stuff too much. Yeah, uh, and was like, all right, I'm ready to go just in case something bad happens and I use up my uh, melt uh, my health kits. Uh, I can make a couple more pretty quickly. That kind of thing it was right till like the last. Last like third of the game where they throw you into a bunch of combat scenarios, uh, and here so far they definitely are more sparing with the uh, supplies so far because 
you just don't have too much that you can craft. Yeah. Like I just have like the the melee weapon enhancer, uh, the Molotov, and the health kits. It's like, all right, health kits are what I'm doing right now because just in case. Because uh, they've introduced like new mechanics, like uh, you can crawl prone. Uh, yeah. And that the uh, infected can also crawl now. They figured that out, I guess. Um, and so that is definitely uh, a thing you have to be concerned about. Before it's like, all right, they can basically just do, you know, just run at you for the most part. So if you can get away from them, get some space, you can use your gun, or if you've got melee, you can sort of take them out that way, that kind of stuff. But here, uh, especially with the, the whole sequence where uh, shit goes to, uh, goes to hell with the third character that is introduced that you mm-hmm. get to control with Abby, and she gets into some really bad shit. Uh, oh, as, yes. As infected have uh, swarmed uh, around her and mm-hmm. meets up with Joel and uh, Tommy. And yeah. so there's a whole hell breaking loose there that uh, is really well very, done. Very, very tense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely. There is where, a point where the one that still sticks out with me is the uh, the fence. Um, or if he falls you, over a bit. Yeah. Uh, or at least you like this little tunnel. And yeah, like another mechanic they've added is they've taken the whole squeezing between, uh, like, a, into like tight spaces as like an actual, uh, traversal mechanic where you can kind of get through these areas. Uh, like early on you do it to like get into an RV where the door is kind of mostly closed. Uh, that kind of stuff. And they've definitely made that more of a mechanic in like this whole tunnel scenario is like, one where you're kind of like, oh, I gotta get through here, uh, and this is fucked because these infected mm-hmm. are like on top of the fence. Yep. And Abby is like just hoping that it holds long enough for her to get out. That kind of thing. And yeah, it's uh, they've done a lot of cool stuff here. Yeah, um, I also want to point out their um, attention to detail. Like, have yeah. you guys already upgraded some of your weapons? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So with the weapon upgrade system, you know, it's it's as simple as like finding a workbench and um, choosing your item and using what gear you have to to upgrade it. But they've also visually added some cues there, where like you know your your um, Ellie will actually put the gun down, and when you choose your upgrade, she'll actually go about the process of cleaning the weapon and adding whatever cartridges and bullets and whatnot. Mm, yeah. I, I thought it was a really nice touch, and you also have the option of zooming in on the weapon so you can see like where the gun was made and things yeah. like that, and like just just the world building that it does just based on visual cues and uh, hints is really really interesting. Um, I Hi. saw this uh, tweet that um, Druckmann. Uh, we tweeted earlier about um, the am- amount of detail that went into one of these cutscenes where Ellie takes off her shirt to reveal a whole bunch of bruises. Like almost in any other game, like when you see someone take off their shirt, you'll see some sort of clipping. Like you know, like their hair is going to go through the shirt and things like that. Like the attention to detail with the, the animation and, and sound design is absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a lot of good stuff there. Um, yeah, like. Uh... I'd definitely say like the the weapon stuff is pretty nice. Uh, I think I've only had the one chance to upgrade so far uh, in the library, where you kind of uh, have to power the the upgrade station, yeah, uh, get the generator and all that, and uh, it works pretty well. They definitely have like refined these uh, upgrade systems so that uh, you can't necessarily do everything all at once. Uh, because I think on the pistol, I couldn't upgrade the clip stuff just yet uh, that first time. 
but I could do that on the 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 rifle that you get. Uh, so there's definitely some some good stuff there, and it so far it seems like the the generators are more of a thing this time around than the first game, where the first time around they're more of a mechanic to bring infected to you. Because uh, you know, like, okay, once I get this thing powered, there's probably going to be some rush of infected. And here it seems like more like these things are all completely abandoned, pretty much uh, at this point, at least. Uh, so you're kind of uh, using the power cables to power up these gates to get around, that kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. then throwing it over onto the other side once you unlock the door to get this other part of the the camp like uh, powered up, that kind of stuff, and the the like the the cable physics are really well done here. Um, you occasionally have to use ropes to like climb up to other areas, and they don't look like most other games where it's just this random thing that just like flaps around a bunch because they don't know how to do the physics to look realistic, so they just kind of give up uh, at a certain oh, yeah. point. And here, the interactives they just, are uh, highlighted white. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they do. Uh, a really good job with that kind of detail of having these uh, cables looking really nice uh, uh, when you got to climb around. And yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah, it's just been a lot of fun so far. It definitely feels like a great evolution of what The Last of Us did well. Yeah, like, not, not, not only that, but it's, it's pretty much like the Super Naughty Dog game. Like, I don't know if you guys played uh, Uncharted The Lost Legacy. Yeah. Yeah, um, but that game also had a pretty good, pretty big open world component that was that, in my opinion, made it a little bit more impressive than uh, Atari before. Mm-hmm. And um, now that you know Ellie is older, you know she can do a lot more things physically. Like she kind of felt like a mini Nathan Drake to me, and uh, that was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, and she kind of comes into this with the experience of, you know, with Joel and all that. In the uh, first game, uh, her experience in Left Behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the yeah, they do some some really good stuff with that. In, yeah, yeah, the uh, game basically opens up sort of shortly after the events of the first game. Um, yeah, you got it, Joel talking to Tommy sort of about what happened. Yeah, and yeah, about the the big thing where he lies to Ellie about uh, you know the her reason not being, her not being the only immune person. And, yeah. um, and the fireflies supposedly realizing that uh, there's no means to make a cure. Yeah, which okay. as it turns out, anybody, if you played the game, you know that's not the case. Well, what happened no. is, yeah, they totally had a weak means of making the cure, but the but the catch was that it would ultimately end up killing Ellie. So he yeah. goes all Papa Bear and decides to basically massacre every last firefly. <laughs> yeah, and he he has a reckoning with his. Uh, the death of his daughter mm-hmm. and sort of comes into Ellie's life and kind of realizes that he doesn't have to shut himself off from those kinds of emotions Yeah, and is willing to sort of be her new father figure, like let her be his kind of daughter figure. Yeah. Even if they're not blood and uh, flesh and blood related, but uh, he doesn't want to let this one go to like he did his first daughter. Yeah. And that's, and then he realizes he doesn't want to sacrifice her. Yeah. Uh, for the good of the world. Uh, but, uh, yeah, basically, the first game, it opens, I guess, a couple weeks after that. Um, because, they're in the camp, because that's what they found right at the end of the game. Yeah, and... Let uh, me um, you know. ask you guys this. Like, um, Prior to learning about The Last of Us Part 2's existence, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's going to be different for Chris because he actually played it for the first time a couple of weeks ago with the, with the first game. Uh, but I guess with you, Brandon, particularly, um, did you expect the second one to be announced or, or a second game to be made? Uh, I expected a second game to be made. I just didn't think it would necessarily revolve around Joel and Ellie as much. That's a good way to put um, it. Yeah, because because, because a, I, you know there there was the first game did a lot of great world building and. Mm-hmm. You know, there was definitely more potential for more stories in that particular universe. I just didn't know that they didn't expect them to end up continuing that particular story. Yeah, I mean, I can go ahead and agree with that notion. Um, I talked about it last week. Like, um, I'd, I'd be completely fine if there were no, if, if there was no second game. Um, but given how good Naughty Dog is at telling a story, like, you know, um, eventually I, I went ahead and caught on. You know, got the game right away, and I'm. I'm I'm, I'm totally enjoying what I played. But then yeah. going back to the end of the first game, uh, since you guys have pretty much, pretty much already spoiled it, um, when, you, when, you, when you save Ellie from, from the surgery, or if, if that's what you want to call it, you know, um, I know when I played it, I wasn't even trying to kill Doctor. I, I just wanted to save her. The game didn't give you that option. And, no, the Doctor and I, actually and like now it's rushes you with a scalpel. Yeah. So you have to kill him. Yeah. yeah. Which, uh, no, it's clear why. did you guys kill the, the nurses in that room? Or did you let them uh, go? I did. I, 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 the first time I killed them only, only to see if it was possible. And then I didn't know if it, if it, if it like recollected. So I resetted it and did it again and didn't do that. Yeah. I was like, oh, I did the thing and these two are not a threat at all. Yeah. So let's just get her and let's get out. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a whole, whole hell of a way to end that game. And I would say definitely with that game, uh, it had pacing issues in a sense where, like, the first few hours you're kind of very weak as uh, uh, your ability to, like, take out infected and all that. And you kind of, the game just grows and gets better as you get more capable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like the first few hours, like, it's uh, the most horror that game ever gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sort of once you become more powerful, you kind of don't have that much of a threat to them. Uh, from them, but here they kind of uh, make them more of a threat again because they're able to gang up on you yeah. uh, in ways that they kind of don't in the original. Uh, it's more just if you don't pay attention to what's going on, you can kind of get ganged up on, but it's more of a... Because they don't really throw that many enemies at you in the originals, like maybe five, six, or seven like that at a time. But here it definitely seems like they're going to they're gonna throw you into some shit. Yeah, for what it's worth, given my lack of experience in the genre, this is the scariest game I ever played. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because we haven't... Brandon and I have not seen much in the way of human enemies at this point. Not uh, quite yet. Yeah. So we haven't necessarily seen like what they can do outside of the the one major event that happens early yeah. on. Yeah. And uh, uh, I mean, further... Like, go ahead. Like the... the you know, with, with points in the game where you put your mask on because there's spores, like you know you're gonna go into you're gonna go into a fight with a whole bunch of infected, and uh-huh. like you know there, there'd be points in the game where I'd walk slowly because you know you're gonna walk through uh, walk past a whole bunch of fungi, and then there'll be points where you know the infected just jump out of it and try to get you with with, with their jump scare methods, and I was like, yeah, I don't like going through this a whole lot. It's giving me crazy anxiety, but like you uh-huh. know, yeah. push, pushing through and actually getting through was just so satisfying. Yeah, and like it, it, it kind of makes me like it's, it's it's like comparing apples to oranges. But like, I wonder if I should go ahead and try the new Resident Evil Two after this. 
Yeah. So I guess sort of the elephant in the room we kind of have to sort of have to talk about are those leaks um, that, you know, ended up kind of spoiling the game for a lot of people. Yeah, or at least, <laughs> yeah, or at least that's what they uh, claim to be. That's uh, at the point I'm at now. That doesn't really be that seem to be the case. Um, yeah. There's a, I mean, there is that one major event that they bring up, um, but that actually happens fairly early on in the game. Yeah. Um, and that was basically what my stream ended on. Yeah. Got to yeah. that, I was like, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> okay, well. It's also, uh, let's just be completely honest, though. It's not really as much of a spoiler you think it is if you've been paying attention to all the reveals up to this point. They've mm. been uh, kind of telegraphing it pretty much since the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sort of, sort of yes, sort of no. Um, granted, I've actually done a really good job avoiding spoilers, and part of the reason why I'm going through this game as quickly as I am is because as I continue to talk about it, I don't know what people are going to talk about back to me, so I figure I might as well yeah. like finish it so I can just be done with it. Yeah. Um, and like uh, at least, um, at least uh, this game actually makes me want to play it a second time. But, uh, assuming that the that the ending, you know, actually uh, lands on its feet properly. Like I've I've said this about all sorts of types of media. Like, oh my god, this is the best thing ever. And then the ending happens, and I completely hate it. Like, How I Met Your Mother, yeah. Game of Thrones, those things come to mind. And The Last of yeah. Us yeah. Part Two, it could happen. I'm not necessarily yeah. there yet. But anyway, I'll like, say based on the just, just, just given where I am, I, 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 um, yeah. I think. Um, so I look, I look at comments and then I see certain memes and I'm like, okay, now I understand what this is. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I would say based on the original, I'm expecting them to be ending it pretty well. Yeah. Uh, cause they do a good job of like, all right, this is like the end of the journey that these two characters have had. Yeah. Uh, and they, they set off, uh, at least a good start here as we know, like this was a revenge tale for Ellie. Mm-hmm. I had no idea who the revenge tale was for. Uh, and that's kind of why I stopped really paying attention to much of the, the trailers or anything like that at a certain point for like the last few months. Mm. So yeah. I was like, I'm already on board for this. Uh, I don't need to get any more. You know, it's like when you see like movie trailer, game trailer, and you're like, all right, I'm in. Don't need yeah. any more trailers. I don't yeah. need a, a way to spoil anything else for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cause they don't need to convince me any further. Yeah. So I want to kind of, stuff. kind of bring something up because this is, um, it was kind of touched on it because of the events you guys are talking about, but uh, it should be pretty clear to anybody that's like listening that the world of The Last of Us Two is fucked. Oh yeah, uh, th- th- this is you know po- you could call it post-apocalyptic, post-pandemic, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but these folks are in the situation that's it's basically way over their heads. They're yeah. And I'm kind of wondering if, well, based on what I've seen, it, it seems like they're conveying that. Uh, but what I'm really wondering is, uh, do you feel like during the times that we're going through right now, this is kind of cathartic for for you to go through? Or does it seem to be maybe too much? Well, honestly, I didn't even make that connection because the nature of the... Quote, unquote, the pandemic and The Last of Us is actually very, very different from yeah. COVID-19. 
mostly because, uh, for one thing, the it's just the nature of it. First of all, COVID nineteen is a virus, but cordyceps are a much more of a biological type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And also, the game shows that yeah, there is life after the epidemic because a big chunk, like as the game starts, you spend a lot of basically the beginning of the game in that town that that you know they get to in the first game and it shows you know they they've actually rebuilt civilization to an extent and actually created stability yeah Yeah, and created a good community that's is able to sustain itself with people that are willing to do the work to patrol like outside their town to yeah they like that's that's actually one of the things i loved about the beginning of the game is they show you they got like a whole system built up there's yeah, like a yeah. whole like uh, there's like a series of patrols that they do. They've got these log books at every site where they, you know, they te- they tell you, you know, if they saw anything. They always go in pairs, and if there is an excess amount they find, they send out a cleanup crew to take care of it. So yeah, and if they don't hear from somebody, like okay, let's uh, round up people and see what what happened. Yeah, that's kind of where yeah, Joel so- and Tommy are kind of at. At a certain the, point. The, the, main, the, the main thing we have to keep in mind is that this game does take place uh, quite a few years after the original game. So About four then, yeah, years or so. Yeah about, yeah, about four to five years. And, like, you know, by then, like, a lot of uh, the communities and whatnot have gotten used to the situation where they went ahead and went, built their own neighborhoods and things like that. Like, uh, Joel and Ellie actually live in their own separate houses alone. Um, yeah. So that's, like, a, a, a pretty cool thing there. Um, eventually, yeah. you'll get to a point in the game where... Um, Another community actually takes over an entire football stadium, and they yeah. use their bleachers, their, their bleachers as like a way to maintain their crops, pass out weapons, mm-hmm. and things like that. And like yeah. a, a lot of it is like really, really impressive. And like you know, if, if, if unfortunately we do get to some sort of point like that, like at least we have the folks at Naughty Dog who have actually built like their own little world before, and we can have ideas of what it could look like if yeah. things were to go to go awry. Yeah. And yeah. um. Yeah, like as far as like making the connections to like what we're seeing today, like um, I actually um, explore, I was exploring a building and I, and I saw a sign, a, a really a really nice sign that uh, talked about the safeties of wearing a mask, and I was like, oh, okay, that's that, that's current. And then like yeah. you know, with the things um, happening right now with racism and whatnot, it's really cool seeing the game highlight its diversity. I mean, yeah. like as a, um, as a minority myself, like it's really cool seeing an Asian guy not act like not act like a typical Asian. Well, yeah, because like he's, well, I'm pretty sure, I'm not entirely, uh, but I think, uh, his name's Eugene, isn't it? Steve? Uh, uh, no, uh, I'm talking about Jesse. Jesse, yeah, that's Jesse. Right. Yeah, yeah Eugene's Jesse's the, a, Eugene's the hippie like the dude that's guy. got the huge pot Weird farm man. underneath yeah. his house. <laughs> um, yeah, Jesse, I'm not entirely... Uh, sure, but I'm pretty sure, like, Jesse's whole background is that his family were part of the, the Chinese community near the Mississippi Delta, uh, because of his name. Hmm. You know, his first name is Jesse, and that's a very southern name, so. Hmm. But yeah, it's, uh, and then you have Dina herself, and Dina is actually, uh, well, Dina's whole family, like, you can tell free if you pay attention that she's Jewish, but yeah. if you look at her ethnicity and stuff, it would probably that her family is actually Israeli, yeah. and 
you know, because there's like a point in when you're in Seattle, uh, there's a point you actually manage to make your way into a synagogue. And, you know, she's like, yeah, this is a this is a synagogue. You can tell because there's like the menorah decorations on the wall and you go into the rabbi's office and you can find uh, the Torah in one of the closets. It's like, yeah. 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 They do a good job with the world building, all that. Like uh, they build up Eugene as this like father figure. Uh, I guess he's passed away at this point. I'm guessing that. Because they yeah, keep talking about, like, Ellie and Dina keep talking about, you know, how nice and rare it is that people get mm. to die of old age yeah. and healthy. And especially Dina's like, Ellie, you better die of old age. Yeah, I don't want to have to shoot you. Just turn into a click or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. It's like, yeah, these two have a, a pretty good relationship. And, like, the, the start of the game is uh, after... Uh, Dina breaks up with uh, Jesse, uh, yeah. like immediately after they get drunk at a party and kiss. Hmm. Yeah, uh, if you Jesse's know, like, if you were... I don't really care, whatever. But you know, uh, just don't do it in front of me. I guess he just doesn't want uh, them to be all lovey dovey because they do get to a point where they kind of uh, spend a significant amount of time together. <laughs> yeah, um, and if you're curious, uh, that. That trail, that reveal trailer we saw a while back with the really impressive uh, cutscenes and stuff, where they're at the dance. Yeah, that's that's what they're talking about. That's yeah. the events that, that happen. Joel himself also got drunk and got a bit too father fatherly with them. Hmm. Uh, I guess that's at least what the aftermath seems like. But yeah, hmm. I assume they'll show that cutscene in the whole at a later point. Yeah, yeah. probably. And uh, I, I guess we also have to talk about because we brought it up. We brought up Abby. Um, so uh, one of the things that the leaks said is that you end up because they never because all of the you know because once the leaks came out, there were all these conspiracy theories about how you know they ended up cutting stuff from the game, you know, uh, and all this stuff to try and make it like you know they were trying to hide something. First of all, I just want to point it out, even though it would not be a problem. Um, Abby is not trans. She's just a, she's just a very strong woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you know, was just, a leak. That was uh, that was the that was the misinformation comment portion of the leak. <laughs> so yeah. Stupid. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. And uh, they also said that you know you only play Ellie for like the first half of the game, and then the second half it switches around to Abby. No, that's not how the game happens. It switches between the two fairly regularly, um, yeah. depending on how their stories you know interlock with each other. Um, but yeah, it's uh that, that basically what I've discovered by now is the game community is assholes, and uh, yeah, you know. Don't. Been a lot of bullshit from uh, bigots online, like uh, trying to review bomb the game on Metacritic the user reviews. Yeah. Mm. To which uh, Neil Druckmann's uh, turned around. It's like, oh yeah, look look at all these review numbers. It's so much higher than the original, the other games we've made. Mm. Uh, this kind of thing. Thank you for your passion. Uh, kind of thing, which uh, was pretty good. And then there's been yeah. just some awful shit, like suggesting that. Uh, uh, Neil Druckmann forced a character that looked like him to have sex with Laura Bailey's character to, uh, so that he could do the, uh, the acting for that, mm-hmm. for that stuff. And she's like, no, we did that with actual, like, professional actors. There's nothing. And actual, like, going yeah. on. Like, 
forcing yeah, her to and actually it, comment on this shit. Yeah, and actual, uh, you know, uh, mocap too. Mm. Yeah, like we got the, we have the footage from the mocap. Like, <laughs> this is not even something these guys got to lie about. Why are we? Yeah, because because that's they don't not even worth addressing. It's, it's yeah, because the gaming community can be idiots. <sighs> yeah, that way. Um, yeah. So yeah, basically, it was a bunch of hullabaloo about nothing. And yeah, and the whole like Joel looks a little bit different from the first game, which is because it's been like five years later. <laughs> <Duh>. uh, <laughs> like that, they're like emasculating him, and it's like no, like no, he's dude, he's character. like middle aged, dude. It's yeah. like yeah. That's what happens when you get to be that age. You start He's grown as a character where he doesn't have to carry everything mm-hmm. uh, like a community all on his shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Like he can rely on other people, and not have to be the only one doing things. So yeah. mm-hmm. so he gets that. to fucking relax and live, and he's just in his house, fucking uh, carving out like making guitars and, shit and stuff, and yeah. stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And yes, the guitars are actually like a. Mechanic gameplay element, yes. Yeah, you can play them. Yeah. yeah. You, you can turn back time with your tires. Mm. Yep. So, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so yeah, but, but as far as I'm saying, yeah, it's a great game. Yeah. Absolutely worth playing. It's actually longer than the first game, too. Uh, much yeah. longer. Yeah, mm. it's like 26 hours at minimum. Mm. Yeah, probably um, depending on how much you... Go looking around all the nooks and crannies. Which yeah. is exactly what I'm doing, because you'll want to do that. There's a lot of neat stuff hidden there. Yeah. And you find lots of little weird <clears throat> notes and stuff. Like, have you seen the... There's one early on in that uh, little town by the grocery store, the kids uh, running to Santa for a dog to help his dad fight the monsters. <laughs> yeah. And on the back, he's like, oh, can you also get me a gun so I can help my dad fight the monsters? It's like, yeah. damn it. <laughs> the game also has a much better trophy list. Uh, there's nothing mm-hmm. difficulty related. Uh, yeah. Most of the trophies is like, oh, get all of these. And they, the game also made it easier because you can also go back to any specific point within the chapter and it also, it also tell you how many artifacts, hits, and all those stuff things there are. And you can yeah. also turn up the accessibility so that they can go ahead and shine a different color. So you can bet that after yeah. I finish the game, I'm going to go ahead and finish it again. I think they also have an option that it'll just tell you if you find a collectible, like, oh, you found this on a previous playthrough. Yeah. That kind of thing. I did not know that. That's really cool. Yeah. There's uh, so like it, again, there are collectibles you can get. And if you remember in the, the first game, like one of the big collectibles was uh, that comic book series that Ellie really liked. Yeah. Um, that oddly end, enough like, ends up kind short. of paralleling the story of the game itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love uh, when Joel found those because he's like, "Oh, Ellie, I found another one of those comics you like," mm-hmm. and she's like, "You know, she's not even anywhere close." And it's like, "Oh." It's, is your dad just yelling, I found a comic you like, uh, that's real funny kind of stuff. Yeah. He does that in the first game, but yeah. But one last but random it, thing I want to ask you guys is, um, the trading cards. Do you think mm-hmm. that's foreshadowing for their next game? I have actually, I'd be on, been honest. I actually thought that Savage Starlight was going to be the foreshadowing for their next game. Um, but that would be awesome. Whatever yeah. they have to do with superheroes is great. I think yeah. it's just like making these like side, Side things to fill up the world, like they had the the Twilight esque movie that was in the, uh, the original, which <laughs> yeah. is yeah. didn't sound like it from the title. But then Ellie's like, well, "What's this one about? Is does he rip her throat out?" And she's like, "No, they just kind of vampires that fall in love." Oh, 
<laughs> that's like stupid. <laughs> she very much doesn't okay. like what society but, was before. But the idea of them like putting elements in there of like hinting at what their next project is, I mean, that is that there is precedent to that when it comes to Naughty Dog. They've been doing that pretty much, I think, since Jack and Daxter. Um, yeah. Because they first started hinting at what Uncharted was going to be in, I think, the last Jack and Daxter game. And they first made hints about The Last of Us in Uncharted 3. So Yeah. Yeah. And also, kind of speaking of that, they have uh, PS3s in the game. Yeah. Uh, copies but, of Uncharted, at least 1 and 2 in the Jack and Daxter collection I've seen. Yep. Yeah. I think a Vita in there as well. Yeah. And uh, they do have, like, a whole, like, comic books things that they've created that you can find in the game. Um, yeah. That, again, have to do with those trading cards you find. Because, um, you know, Ellie's got a bunch of them in her room, and uh, you see them in, you know, Eugene's place. Like, yeah. The best thing is uh, when, you, when you actually come across the Vita and you shoot it, nothing happens to it. So mm-hmm. Vita lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, they have stuck to that sort of whole idea of, like, this ended up happening during the PS3 generation, because there are yeah, no PS4s to find. Yeah. Because uh, ha- PS4 didn't happen, just kind of society stopped at 2013. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, There's no uh, PS3 Slim either. Yeah. No. It's, all fat. it's still the old-fashioned, like... <laughs> it's the facts weird. that all died, because they were backwards compatible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um... Which might be a sp- something of a slight at Sony, too, <laughs> if you think about it. Hmm. Um, useless. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so point is, it's a great game. Go play it. Uh, just be FYI, yes, the violence really is as intense as people have been saying it is, sometimes at, at to troubling degrees. Yeah. But it fits with the universe, and it's not gratuitous. It has to do with the story, so... Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's uh, one thing that was very hard to get across in the trailers and the reveals because you're looking at that one slice. Uh-huh. Uh, but when you're in the context of the world, it probably makes a lot more sense. Yeah, and, it does. Yeah, and uh, all those leaks, those leaks were mostly bullshit. Yeah. So, so, and a lot of it is out of context too. Yeah. So, so yeah. stay yeah. tuned. My review yeah. should be out either tomorrow or the next day. All right. Mm-hmm. So, The Last of Us Part Two, great game, and uh, yeah, worth getting if you have a PS4. So, all right. So let's move on to uh, EA Play Live that happened over the week. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, it's uh, the the ga- Last of Us Part Two. Uh, despite what the naysayers wanted, it is smashing sales records. So it is also selling like gangbusters. Yeah. yeah. So they could just die mad. Small vocal you know. minority <laughs> of uh, yeah. Uh, so here we are, back to EA, because uh, they had their little, what was supposed to be part of their E3 thing, but it's mm-hmm. because of COVID-19 and all that stuff, we're having, we're in a really weird time. Uh, so they did their event, and uh, they showcased the kind of stuff that you'd expect them to. Uh, they started yeah. off with Apex Legends, announcing that uh, they're doing a new season of that, new characters, stuff like that. It's coming to the yeah. Switch for some reason. And Steam and Switch with cross-play support, they're finally embracing that. Yeah. Yeah, which is very nice. Yeah, they're embracing that. They got, uh, let's see, Command & Conquer is out on Steam now, so you can get that if you want to. Uh, what else did they announce? Uh, well, they, uh, they had an interesting video about, uh, well, the people who were, well, the diverse, a diverse set of people playing The Sims 4, uh, which, yeah. um, 
I, I like the sentiment that that video is trying to convey, uh, because I'm sure like, uh, the sentiments that uh, these people are, you know, talking about are all genuine to them. Um, mm-hmm. The problem is it's being uh, presented at an EA event, and yeah, it's kind of hard to. It's kind of hard to really believe that EA actually values that. Yeah, um, I mean, you, you would want to think that you know, after the absolute dumpster fire that was uh, Star Wars. Uh, you know, that, that, that game, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, them actually having to get a very nasty phone call from the CEO of Disney, mm-hmm. uh, that they have learned their lesson. Hmm. Maybe, um, we're not seeing anything too egregious so far, so perhaps. I mean, you can cross your fingers and hope, but. Yeah, but, you know, FIFA is going to still have all of the stuff in it. Um, yep. you know, and I don't think that's going to ever change. So, Mm-mm. we'll yeah. see. Speaking of, we did see next gen FIFA and Madden previews. Um, sort yeah, of, not, not too much, but definitely felt like this was a weird uh, show to have in light of like Sony and Microsoft uh, mm-hmm. showing off games and such. And yeah, it's like, well, we got FIFA and Madden, and uh, here's a montage of like tech demo stuff. Yeah. We got nothing else ready for uh, the first year or so of this of these new consoles. Yeah, so. it's like they got caught flat-footed. Yeah, either uh, that or they've made deals with you know Microsoft or Sony to show the stuff at their particular uh, events, so that kind of leaves them out in the cold. But which wouldn't be the first know. time that has happened before, so mm-hmm. it's hard to tell. Uh, but but yeah, the, uh, yeah, it's. It's a weird show for that because also they just they announced uh, like a bunch of EA original stuff, and those all seem to be just current gen and PC only. Yeah, where you're like, okay, I I guess that's where you could go. Uh, I'm surprised these aren't announced for the other platforms. Yeah, uh, which is weird, but yeah, they had the uh, the new game from Joseph Ferris called It Takes Two. Yeah, cool. uh, good. I, I'm yeah, just going to uh, say Joseph Ferris, he's got a thing for. Um, cooperative stuff um, because everything he's done so far has been uh, with that premise in mind. It'll serve yeah. him well. Yeah, they've also been yeah. good games, so yeah. he's definitely like well, one of one of the quote unquote masters of it. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. No, they this had... guy is just he's, he's he's very likable to me. Fuck the Oscars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They had a weird like WWE style like video promoting him. Mm-hmm. For all of this stuff, where it's like <laughs> you could have just gone straight to him. Like you don't need to sit here and hype him up yeah, and announce this like emotional platformer kind of thing. It's like I don't see how that necessarily uh, enhances what's going on, but whatever. But yeah, that'll be out next year. Uh, current consoles and all that. Uh, they announced a new game from Zoink Games, makers of mm-hmm. uh, Stick It to the Man. Uh, zombie Vikings and uh, a bunch of other stuff mm-hmm. uh, yeah. called Lost in Random. Yeah. Uh, which very much has, is in their vibe, their style. Uh, it's kind of a 3D action adventure game where it uh, features a girl and her, like, dice buddy. Yeah. Uh, who. It was very uh, Tim Burton slash Box Trollsy. Yeah. Like the look. It looked. It did look really cool. Um, I'm just uh, wondering about the consensus uh, around here whether. Uh, Dice as a singular word is correct. No, it's die. Yeah. 
Because yeah. they made that mistake twice in the trailer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they got time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's going to be out next year as well. Uh, and then they announced uh, a new game from Final Strike Games called Rocket Arena. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And- which was kind of a, a neat-looking game that's... I'm not sure people realize you could just call a game Rocket Arena. Uh, so you're like, wait, we could just do that? Um, <laughs> Especially since yeah. there was a mod for Quake 3 called Rocket Arena. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a 3v3 multiplayer game, a uh, hero shooter that's... Uh, the primary weapon is a rocket launcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a variety of, I think, 10, 10 characters that you can play as. Yeah. They have their own ways they use that stuff for attacks beyond just the pure, just shoot it at the dude yeah. uh, type thing. But And they also promoted like a a whole like progression system i guess uh for it where you can kind of flesh out your character's abilities and such over uh as you play them more yeah. so it seems like they'll have uh, some reward stuff for continuing to play with these characters and kind of evolving them a bit that'll give them just being kind of a, a stale game but uh that is out the 14th july 14th yeah uh, I think uh, that game was originally supposed to be published by nexon which i my, i work near and um, mm-hmm. there was an event where I actually played the game at, and um, it was a really um, a lot of fun. But um, yeah, they weren't even affiliated with EA back then, so this is totally uh, an interesting project. But, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, 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 I don't think it'll take off the way like Overwatch did, but like it's yeah. a, it was definitely a fun one, right? It kind of felt like Power Stone meets uh, a hero shooter. Yeah. yeah, it's it's also kind of confusing, like. Is this a paid game? Is it free to play? It seems like it should be free to play, but it looks like they're going for the same model as Apex. So it's uh, yeah. Whether it's yeah, they didn't. I don't think they really mentioned. They, they didn't it say too anything much. about it at all. So, but they do have a page on their site that says pre-order Rocket Arena. So yeah, but I don't know what that means. <laughs> like what the pre-order is. Let's see. Yeah, Steam. Oh, okay. Pre-order Rocket Arena Standard Edition for thirty bucks. Oh, Forty bucks okay. for the. Mythic edition. So it's well, it's not a full price uh, game, but it's it's a game that you buy. Yeah. Uh, Mythic edition includes let's see four outfits, two trails, rocket fuel currency, and uh, an outfit for one of the other characters. Oh, great! Seems like they're. I think they're trying to do uh, Rocket League, but Overwatch. Because mm. mm. so that is also kind of a three v three thing. Uh, and the way that they're priced in this kind of makes it seem like they're trying to be in that kind of line. Yeah. Oh. If that's gonna pan out the way that Rocket League has, hmm. uh, it's also a 30 gig game so far. It's yeah. fairly sizable. So yeah. uh, that'll be interesting to see how that does and how uh, maybe how quickly it'll get onto EA Access, which they said is coming to Steam later this year. Yeah. Uh, kind of wild that they're. Cause they, they had the whole Sims thing. Like, oh yeah, we'll have Sims on Steam. Eventually. <laughs> Where it's like, yeah, but that's Sims, uh, Sims 4 has been on PC for years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're just like, it's also coming to PC. Because <laughs> people are like expecting to be Switch. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for the Switch yeah. stuff, they also announced that they're going to have seven games coming to the Switch over the next year, which Burnout Paradise just released for 50 bucks on the Switch. Oy. That's the first one. And that was like a, all right, uh, I think uh, Apex Legends is one of those. Uh, I think Lock in Random is another. That was confirmed after the show that that was also coming to Switch. And 
I would assume FIFA gets another version for this year. Yeah, maybe not a legacy uh, version, but an actual good one. I think it's just going to be legacy. Yeah. Um, yeah, Frostbite still isn't on the Switch at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure what else they would have. Like Sims would seem like that would probably be a thing that would happen, but they haven't announced it yet. Yeah. That yeah, makes a lot of sense for the Switch, especially with the I think Unravel is the other game that's been confirmed. Yeah. That's been rated for cool. Switch, and they only have the sequel on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, like, there's still a couple more, but they didn't really announce anything specific. Just kind of said, "Hey, we got actual support for the Switch." Yeah, you know, three years later, hooray! Yeah. <laughs> and they also uh, announced that uh, they've got games in development from you know Bioware, from Motive, from Criterion, yeah. from Dice. Mm-hmm. And they didn't they were tell showing us what any of those were. It's like next gen, yeah, next gen real. Yeah, it's like. Well, here's the Criterion, which apparently Criterion, they just folded Ghost Games back into Criterion. Yeah. Uh, so whatever Criterion was before, plus Ghost, uh, games. Ghost Games, which, yeah. It was a while kind of watching this when they were talking about the crossplay stuff and Need for Speed. He got uh, a shout-out because they are adding crossplay to that. Yeah. It's like, okay, cool. So it'll be like 45 players playing it now. Yeah. Yep. It's like, that's, that's an EA Access fodder game mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. That's the only people that are playing it, really. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's like I, I hope they get through that. They didn't confirm for Madden or FIFA, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, just Apex so far, and I think Squadrons, Star Wars Squadrons, has it. So yeah. uh, it. they're getting there and making more progress than some of the other publishers out there are. Yeah. So I'm actually starting to wonder if EA is not getting tired of Origin. I think they're realizing that they don't have to be just confined to Origin. Because hmm. they've been working with GOG for quite a while, putting their older stuff on there. Yeah. And so I think they've kind of realized, like, Origin has its audience and its limitation for that. And yeah. That Steam isn't necessarily the competitor that it was. Hmm. It wasn't like oh. a tooth and nail thing. They can kind of, especially because Steam, like, up there, or lower their take for games that sell over a certain amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're more friendly to the bigger publishers, and so I imagine EA probably got a good deal with Steam that probably ensures that they're going to get more of a percentage than the average publisher would. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just makes it much easier and less contentious yeah. of a relationship. Yeah. Especially because they're bringing their subscription service over, too. Yeah. Uh, so one of the other big ones that we saw was uh, Star Wars Squadrons. Uh, I yeah. kind of thought that this was going to be like a Rogue Squadron type game. No, it's more in the line of the old flight sims that they had, you know, uh, X-Wing TIE yeah. Fighter, X-Wing Alliance, that kind of, those kind mm-hmm. of games. Yeah, it was it was very nice looking, especially this being their kind of first VR game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cockpits definitely look like that. Mm-hmm. Like they had to make them fully modeled, uh, which... Is great for the people that want, you know, the first-person cockpit shooter game. Yeah, uh, and also great for VR because the 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 little like demo level they did for the first Battlefront for PSVR and all that was uh, really well done. Hmm. Yeah, uh, you could like pull down the little uh, visor thing that shows you like the distance, but it didn't really do anything. Hmm. Uh, it was just a thing you could do, flick down like, oh, here's like little gizmos and such you could mess with in the in the cockpit, which they're playing that up with some of the unlocks. Like, oh, you can get little uh, bobblehead dolls to put in your cockpit, like uh, an Ewok. Because so I'm sure in the Star Wars universe, there are lots of people like, I like those Ewoks so much, I've got a bobblehead. 
Mm. Like the way that, like, I don't know, drivers, truck drivers here in uh, this country would have, I don't know, whatever kind of thing they had. But yeah, there's a lot of, like, cosmetic stuff. Uh, and they seem to be tying it into Star Wars lore a lot because there are a lot of characters that get brought up from uh, the various shows and such, the, uh, the other material uh, that is uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Where they're tying this stuff in. It's going to be a $40 game. Uh, PlayStation VR, PC VR, PS4, Xbox One, PC, uh, all that stuff, cross play between them all. Uh, it seems like it's going to be a, a pretty good package. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's out October 2nd. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm sort of uh, on the fence for this one because, uh, you know, like, like Phil said, um, I thought it would, it would be like kind of like Rogue Squadron, and we'd, we'd see some uh, third-person dogfights. They didn't show any of that in gameplay, so um, I'm not holding out hope for that. But mm-hmm. it looks good. I just, I just don't know if it's for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll wait and see. Uh, and uh, there, like, one more thing at the end of it was um, they're saying, hey, we're bringing back Skate. The, <laughs> a couple of very excited yes. dudes were saying mm-hmm. that they, they're bringing back Skate. <laughs> Like, you can shut up now. We're making it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's... They didn't yeah. show anything. They didn't even show a yeah. damn logo. It was like... It seems like a, a recent deal they signed, so they haven't really started anything yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, a lot of the stuff shown here is like, oh, this will be a while out, so... Yeah. Stay this tuned. was definitely the coolest announcement, but, you know, <laughs> given the way that it was presented, it probably should have been in the middle or the beginning. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, as far as, like, the whole the whole thing goes... Uh, this this was probably the best EA play that, that that's that's ever happened. Granted, there isn't that much of a sample size, and it's not saying much at all. Yeah, but it's because uh, they didn't have an audience to play up to. Yeah, and have like influencers like, hey, here's this guy. Like, some of you might not have heard of. Yeah, uh, playing Need for Speed, like talking how awesome Need for Speed is. Yeah. even though most everybody's uh, fairly conflicted about whether it's going to actually be good or not. <laughs> yeah, uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's. Like not having the audience and having them having to play up an audience outside of just having Greg Miller there to <laughs> host the <laughs> studio segments. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's like the where they could just kind of focus on the content, and people talking about that stuff. Yeah, um, yeah I am really interested in all of the EA originals though. That's been the main thing. Since they started doing EA play, that's caught my interest, and there hasn't really been an EA original where I didn't not or that I, that I didn't like. So you know, it would be nice if there was more of an emphasis and like they did more of those more frequently. But as a whole, yeah, it was solid. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty stupid that they said that. Oh yeah, we're gonna have um, seven Switch games, including these two, by the end of the year, and then after that, they never mentioned it again. Nope. But uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, like hey, we're gonna have seven things. You're gonna have to do a lot of work to figure out what those seven are. <laughs> yeah. Because oh. uh, like like these random letters we just hit around the in the the Greg Miller shots. Yeah. Uh, you can put those in and you might win a, a Steam Steam. Yeah, they, they, they were all for Steam. And like, you know, um Apex being on the Switch is actually really, really huge, but I see no reason why the Sims isn't on here. It, yeah. It makes it's, sense. I, I have to assume if it's not actually going to happen, it's just pure resource intensive. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. on the the consoles it works pretty well, but yeah, it can be a little bit uh, slow to load, and I imagine the switch would be just a little bit more. Yeah. So, so, but I assume people would still tolerate just have switch on there, uh, uh, the Sims on there. So, mm-hmm. who knows? But yeah. yeah, it's it felt like a good show, just weirdly, oddly placed after the the Sony showing yeah. uh, for the PS5, where it's like, hey, we got 
nothing to announce for the PS5 or Xbox Series X. Yeah. We're only living in the present right now. Except mm. for this one montage of shiny cars and a tree and uh, stuff like that. It's like all text demo stuff that nobody really yeah. cares about until there's actual announcements to it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But since they announced Skate 4, I'll still hold out hope for a road crash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe next year we'll have a couple of other excited people. Dot Burnout telling Four would be nice. Yeah. Uh, well, they did say Criterion's going to be doing something, so who knows? Yeah. yeah but, you know, they gave them the Need for Speed license, yeah. so, along right. with the developers. Yeah. So, hey, take them. We got nothing we don't else know what for to do with them. So, yeah. So let's move on to uh, some bad news. Uh, well, not really bad news. It's just maybe. Slightly Irritated? inconvenient. Inconvenient. I yeah. called this mildly annoying. I said, "Don't yeah. trust the dates for yeah. Cyberpunk 2077." Yeah. At least they yeah. followed it up with good news. Yeah. 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 So yeah, uh, Cyberpunk 2077, 2077, which was originally going to come out in September, has been pushed back to November. November which, 19th. Yeah, which is like okay, just another two months, whatever. Yeah, yeah like I assume the week before Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. The week so basically, it makes it uh, something for you know the yeah. Christmas, the potential, holidays. Potential, like it'll be out right around the launch of the new consoles. Yeah. Yeah. Which and uh, uh, on top of that, that means that it, when the game comes out, there's also going to be a next gen specific upgrade that will come with it. Uh, uh, next year. The, yeah, the next gen update is coming next year. Uh, but mm-hmm. the like the next gen version will look better uh, just from mm-hmm. the get go. Uh, but it won't be like fully optimized or taking advantage of what the, the Series X or PS5 have to offer yet. That's going to be yeah, next yeah. year. Um, so yeah. Uh, also, uh, kind of buried in that news was that it's going to be backwards compatible. So you buy one, then you're going to get it on both. So yeah, there you go. yeah. Uh, it's uh, also so I had to criticize there. Kind of. Hmm. Yeah, we still don't quite know a ton about how that stuff's going to work on both of them. Yeah, it's something we're just gonna have to, I guess, see it in action. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like their their announcements, I get that black and yellow is their their color scheme, but they put like fairly thin f- text font over <laughs> a bright white background. It's like, it's like you have to like get super close. Like, okay, I can see it now. Yeah. It's like Sorry, you guys no. need to do like a bold font. Like, I can't read any. Learn of that. how this this stuff works. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like. Even just trying to look at it, like in the, the the typical Twitter view, like you can't read the text easily from mm. that without like zooming it in. It's like you guys need to do black with yellow text. That's much easier for yeah. most people. Yeah, and way more like, cyberpunky. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a delay, but it's not as significant a delay as the first one was. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, it's just it just means now the game's in play for the holiday season and. Yeah. uh yeah. You know what? I'm fine with that. Yeah, maybe, that's probably uh, what we'll be playing during the holidays anyway. So yeah, yeah. 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 I still we'll have the uh, I still plans. have the the uh, review uh, yeah. slot for myself. So that's you. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, so move on to a quick one. Uh, the messenger is coming to Xbox One on the 25th. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised that it wasn't there already, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been on everything. PC Game Pass. So. Yeah, that's what surprised me. I just assumed it had been there all along. Yeah. Nope. Um, nope. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this uh, seems Pretty like another 
I love that. It's yeah. good. Yeah, it's, it's very good. Real good. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, uh, you know, the closest thing we have to a modern modern 2D Ninja Gaiden game. So, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Featuring a character who uh, doesn't give a shit about any of that. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's kind of lazy. <laughs> the he's laziest ninja awesome. ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so next up, we got weird news, I guess. Uh, Crash Bandicoot <laughs> 4, it's about time trailer images leaked. So we're leaking images of trailers that haven't le- released yet now. Yeah. This is the thing that we're doing. Uh so oh, the game is by uh, Toys for Bob, mm-hmm. the people who basically redid the whole Spyro trilogy top to bottom. Yeah. yeah. So and, it's uh, definitely in good hands. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a very good title for this game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's about time. Because, because it, it is about time, but it's also mm-hmm. about, about time. time. <laughs> and then we got a proper fourth game that instead of all these weird things that uh, Vivendi did after they got control of the, the IP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, Jeff Keighley is going to be hosting an event tomorrow at eleven Eastern. So we'll be actually be able to see that particular trailer and probably maybe a bit more info on it. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Bottom line, it's, it's more crash. That's, it's, that's, that's a good yeah. Thing, so. Yeah. If you if you played the uh, the, the remastered the Insane trilogy and you really like those and you want more, don't play any of the other stuff that came after it because those suck. Play the mm-hmm. wait for this one. So yeah, yeah. So are they still going to be going with the sort of whole, uh, the whole formula of it being, you know, basically just Sonic's ass, basically, from just <laughs> just a straight ahead forward path? Like, are they still sticking with that? Or that would be ideal, but yeah. Tune in tomorrow, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out tomorrow, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. You want Pokemon Snap? Because it's coming to the Switch. Yeah, new Pokemon yeah. Snap. That's I'm actually surprised it's taken them this long to make another one of these. Years. It, 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 that's, that's insane. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, this one, obviously, is going to be huge for Pokemon fans, where fans, like, you know, back when it was uh, initially, like, uh, going gone crazy. And, like, this one uh, is not a remake. It's just, it's 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 a totally new game. With uh, a whole bunch of new Pokemon in it, um, I don't know what the format will be, but it looks like m- more of the same, and I think that's yeah. exactly what people wanted. Um, it would have been perfect on the Wii U, but seeing as how no one got one of those, uh, let's not consider that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this one looks pretty solid. We just uh, don't know when it comes out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, they show like a shot of like the vehicle that your character drives, which looks like uh, a little bit like a like the bubble vehicles from Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. Uh. But obviously you're not going to get uh, stomped by Pokemon, assumedly. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty neat way to kind of capitalize on Pokemon Go and all that, where they've introduced these Pokemon, both old and new, uh, to people. And like uh, as I described to some uh, Pokemon fans, like it's an on-rail shooter, but you're just taking pictures. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be weird, but it's kind of a perfect kind of Pokemon game. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, other Pokemon news: We got a little announcement of Pokemon Cafe uh, Cafe Mix, which is a mobile free to start uh, puzzle game. Uh, well, yeah. Mobile and Switch, yeah. but yeah. yeah, it's on the Switch. It's going to be handheld only because uh, they're very weird about it with uh, games like this. Um, yeah, it's free to play. 
Uh, I think you can technically pre-order it now on the Switch. So it'll just preload it for when it re- uh, releases, uh, I think the 23rd, uh, come up here in a couple days. Uh, mm. so yeah, that should be, and, uh, from the, the gameplay it shows, it's, uh, kind of just Pokemon heads mm. that are kind of filling up this, like, box, and you're kind of, I assume, picking the ones that are next to it, next to each other that are the same. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah. so if you need a puzzle game and you like Pokemon, and right. you got some time, I guess, uh, you can play this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a free-to-play puzzler. I wouldn't be excited for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, next up, uh, Square Enix announced Kingdom Hearts uh, Melody of Memories. That's that little rhythm game that Dan was talking about earlier. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is this is the one Kingdom Hearts game I'm actually excited for, guys. This is going to be the best one. Yeah, it has uh, 140 songs in it. Ooh. Uh, I was looking at the, the announcement I got. Yeah, it's coming out 2020, Switch, PS4, Xbox One. Uh, yeah, it'll be... Uh, also bring its own story to it, because of course, uh, yeah, 140 musical characters, 20, uh, musical tracks, 20 characters, uh, and yeah, it plays a journey through iconic Disney worlds, joining forces with recognizable Disney's, Disney characters. I wonder if it's gonna have Disney songs in it or just Kingdom Hearts songs. Mm-hmm. But, or both. Yeah. yeah. It says alongside timeless tracks from Disney's cinematic classics. Okay. And so. Don't stream this or put it on YouTube ever. No, because you'll get yeah, the MCA. Ever, <laughs> yeah. ever, ever. Uh, yeah, it says uh, it's got engaging single player content. Invites players to enjoy. Uh, it has online multiplayer. Because hmm. that's what you want out of a rhythm game is online multiplayer. Yeah. Um, yeah, it seems. Uh, hand, but, you know, yeah. Hmm. yeah. I guess tomorrow they're releasing another Kingdom Hearts game for mobile called Kingdom Hearts Dark Road, which has a new original story. Uh, oh, card-based gameplay mechanics within Disney World. So, okay. Mm-hmm. So there's a card, uh, battler. Yeah. Game of Hearts. No, uh, semi, semi off topic. Um, uh, earlier this month, Phil challenged us to a, a social media challenge, uh, called the 30 day video game music challenge. And, mm-hmm. um, where you, where each day you have to choose a different, um, song or game and go ahead and, uh, you know, hi- highlight it. And like one I'm of the so days was, and on that was, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty fun. So thanks, Phil. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and uh, post it on this uh, if, if, if you guys want. But anyway, like one of them is um, pick a song from a from a game that you don't like. Yeah, mine was Traverse Town because Game Hearts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 For me, uh, I had to do that. Uh, I'm still doing it on over on Twitter, so check that out. Today's was uh, uh, music that music that reminds you of frustration or something like that. So. Yeah, this one I'm actually thinking about. I haven't chosen one yet. Mine was the running out of air music from Sonic 2. Oh, that's a good one. Mm, So, here's that. A few days ago, it was uh, uh, music from a game that was released the year you were born. I'm sorry, guys, I can't answer that one. (laughs) (laughs) I can, but it's very slim picking. (laughs) You know, we, we can actually, like... Um, have a podcast theme one day, just you know, going over a full week of what these are. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, tangent. Yeah, tangents are fun. Uh, but yeah, let's get on to uh, the last couple of uh, items for the day. Uh, freebie here. Um, in Injustice Gods Among Us, the uh, Ultimate Edition, you can get for free right now. Uh, yeah. It's uh, available on the PS4, so PS Store, Steam, and uh, the Xbox 360 through uh, yep. backwards compatibility. So you can go ahead. Look through the links and get them all if you want. Uh, yep. 
Yeah, yeah uh, pretty good. Pretty good fighting game there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've a heard lot of DC. Like, the story. So, story. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 It was, uh, we all know I can't compete, so. <laughs> yeah, if you don't like all the, the loot and uh, microtransaction stuff for the, the sequel, uh, this one's uh, a good game to play. Yep. Kind of doesn't have most of that stuff. Yep. So. Uh, and finally, in, li- in line with the uh, itch.io bundle that uh, happened uh, about a, well, a week or so back, uh, Humble Bundle's getting in on the act. They're doing uh, a bundle for uh, racial justice as well. Uh, oh. This one is uh, 30 bucks minimum buy-in. Uh, okay. But you get, uh, you know, 48, 49 games and a bunch of books. Yeah, wow. it's... Uh... It's raised about 3.4 million so far. Uh, ends in just under two days, so yeah. you got a few more days to get it. But uh, it has a ton of really good games, and yeah, even some big name stuff here. Like there's uh, Baba's You, Hyperlight Drifter. You can get Jackbox Party Pack Four, which I think is uh, okay. No, it's not the one I was thinking of. Because uh, there's one that has like a really cool, uh, essentially like hip hop game where you're just writing rhymes to diss on the other player. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you're facing, that kind of stuff, which is uh, pretty cool. Um, so there's Spelunky, Football Manager 2020, Kerbal Space Program, NBA 2K20. These are all Steam games. Uh, Titan Quest, Anniversary Edition, Observer. Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing, not Transformed, or Team Sonic Racing. They gave you the first one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's FTL, Bioshock Remastered, This War of Mine, Endless Space Collection, Armello, Surviving Mars, Overlord 2, Age of Wonders 3, Kingdom Classic, uh, the first of those Kingdom uh, games that Teresa likes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eastside Hockey Manager, uh, Goner, uh, The Ball, Company Heroes 2, Overgrowth, Super Time Force Ultra, System Shock, uh, Enhanced Edition, and System Shock 2, Broken Age. Uh, let's see, there's a bunch of other stuff here. Knights of Pen and Paper 2, Retiginous Golf, Starcrossed, Earth Knight, which is a fairly recent indie game. Uh, Elite Dangerous, uh, Neo Cab, another indie game that came out recently. Uh, and for whatever reason, there's a DLC for Darkest Dungeon, The Shield Breaker. Yeah. Hmm. The game the isn't game in there. <laughs> yeah. They also have a bunch of books, uh, in here, like Attack on Titan Anthology, uh, there's a Ghost in the Shell book, yeah. Shaft, a book there. Uh, some that are tied to, uh, Black History, like Black History in its own words. Hmm. 12 Years a Slave. The Man Who Cried I Am, Black Women in Science, uh, and a good bit of other stuff here. Uh, even one that uh, is the, the Rust programming language mm-hmm. book. Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of good stuff here for thirty bucks. Uh, yeah, definitely well worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of these are two K, so they seem to be kind of on board with this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Them and Sega and some of these others here, but yeah. Um, also, I think you get a free month of humble choice for new subscribers. Yeah. So yeah, the the charities they have here is like the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, Race Forward, and the Bail Project. So you can divvy it up between them, uh, all three, or uh, put it all towards one, or whatever way you want to divvy it up. But yeah, there's a, a lot of good stuff there. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, that's going to be it for this week. Um, like I said, a bit of a 
bit of a quiet week because of the holiday mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever else is going on in the world right now. Uh, but, yeah, we got through it. Uh, so I'd like to remind everybody, if you haven't subscribed to the show, you can do so at anchor.fm slash dayzeroupdate. Uh, go over there and uh, hit that subscribe button and get us uh, delivered straight into your device of choice. Uh, you can also check out smashpad.com, where we're going to have our uh, review of uh, Last of Us 2. is going to go up in the next couple of days. So uh, yeah, once Stan Reb gets that all polished up, that'll be in there. And, uh, uh-huh. yeah. So for uh, Patrick Mifflin, Brandon Perkins, Chris Sologi, and Dan Victoria, I've been Philippe Odenolfo, and we'll see you next week.